I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I have always been an outlier. And I think right now I'm still trying to get comfortable with the idea of saying like, I am a TikToker, that I do content creation, that I just talk about film and movies because I genuinely love having those conversations with people. And I also love talking about representation. So I think that what the future holds is just me continuing on this path and seeing exactly what doors open and just taking it day by day. I would love to manifest something in the future. You know, I'm not one of those people, unfortunately, but... I genuinely just love the direction it's going in. I'm not doing it for the clout. I'm not doing it for fame. I genuinely love these conversations I have with people, even if it's like a comment in my comment section, (laughs) going back and forth about the potential casting of brown actors in a a rom-com, you know? How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Shiv. I had a blast with this conversation. It was so much fun. We were just talking about the importance of representation and how representation has really dictated a lot of what we see today. You're going to find that Shiv is so knowledgeable in representation when it comes to film, when it comes to media, and when it comes to just how we perceive ourselves. We dive into so many ways that the South Asian representation has not been what it needs to be, how the Indian representation has not been what it needs to be, how South Indian representation has not been what it needs to be. And I will encourage you to check out her TikTok. She is phenomenal. She's a phenomenal cultural commentator. So make sure you go follow her on TikTok and watch her videos. But with that said, enjoy the episode. And thank you for your support. (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today I have an amazing person. Her name is Shiv Reddy. I met her on TikTok. And yes, I met her on TikTok while scrolling through the feed. And she was talking about South Indian representation and Indian representational in general, South Asian representation in general, all the types of representation that we don't see in media. And I did some more research. I found out that she's a photographer. And one thing that I really loved about her bio specifically on Instagram is few make history by being quiet and well-behaved. And so I knew how to reach out. So (laughs) welcome to the show, Shiv. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What an intro. Wow. I feel so special. (laughs) (laughs) You should. I mean, I feel like you do such a great job. And in order to peel back the layers of who you are, I usually like my guests to go back to one of the earlier days in their lives. And for you, photography plays a big role into your identity. So can you talk about how you found photography and how photography led you down 
to TikTok? Yeah. So I've always been a very artistic soul. I grew up dancing at like the age of five and specifically Indian cultural dancing. It's called Bharatanatyam. And within that dance, it's very storytelling based, just like a lot of cultural dances tend to be. My parents, I think from a very young age, knew that I was not set to be in this mold of very typical South Asian careers and paths of profession. So I started exploring photography in high school. My grandfather actually got me into it, not knowing that it would eventually have this impact on me and (laughs) and lead me to where I am now. And I've been shooting around a decade now, and I specialize in South Asian weddings and family photography, mainly actually because of the lack of representation that you see on Pinterest. Within the photography industry, even there's a lot of white males that are kind of put on a pedestal because of these industries like Canon and Nikon that started. And those are the people that really flourished in weddings. And because the United States is such a melting pot of cultures, it's really been such a huge growth for the photography industry to see so many different people enter the space that was not made for them. And that really excited me. I'd like to think of myself as a disruptor, as someone that likes to challenge what's given to us. So uh, that has always kind of been within me to be the representation I've never seen on screen or in the space that I'm in, in the family that I'm in even, you know, and I think that's always been like a really big deal for me. So yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I feel a lot of kinship with what you're saying, because, you know, the reason I do what I do is, is very similar. Growing up in multi-ethnic, multi-religious backgrounds, I always tell a lot of my uh, Indian friends that even though we're in different continents. There's a lot of similarities in the sense that over 250 ethnic groups in Nigeria, multiple languages, over 400 languages, different religions, and the spices, you know, and both of our countries will compete with who has the hotter sauce. And then there's Bollywood and then there's Nollywood, right? Yeah. Not, you know, two and three or one and two, depending on who you, who you ask, right? A lot of those type of interesting representations of self. One of those things that I've experienced as a, you know, you know frustratingly, is the idea that when I see Nigerian representation, it often gets pigeonholed into one, right? There's the negative stereotype of being a scam artist or a Nigerian prince and all those things. In my head, I'm thinking, wait, what? (laughs) There's so much stories. And then obviously Indians have their own set of stereotypes where they get to play bit parts and it's not even like the love interest or any of that, or they feel like everything is just music or any of those things. So I'm curious about the part in your life when you learn them through photography, you could start critiquing the media and movies in general, specifically about the representation element of that. Yeah. It's funny you bring up Nollywood because um, (laughs) as a kid, I obviously grew up watching Bollywood films, Tollywood, Kollywood, there's like different Indian cinemas. And that's a lot of my generation that now I'm photographing. They're my clients. That's what they grow up thinking that their wedding is going to be like, or like their love story is going to be like, right? You have visual representations of what love is supposed to be like. So the reason why I feel like I have some (laughs) hold on critiquing something is because I have clients coming to me saying that they want this type of depiction of their love story. When in reality, we never get to see that in Hollywood, right? Like up until recently, five years ago, we were just even considered a love interest for people. For a long time, we were just a joke. A lot of brown people, whether that is Pakistani or Indian people. And I think that it's so interesting also because when people do look at my work, they do relate it a lot to, or even like when I'm with my clients and I'm directing them, they relate it a lot to how a cinema feels, right? Like how when you're watching Indian film, 
this is how the main character feels. And that's like one of the biggest compliments I could ever have received to make my clients feel like the main character is a huge thing when we're not even represented as the main character on screen. I think that's one part. The next part is that as a photographer, you spend a lot of time editing and I just watch a ton of TV as a time pass. So I started just on my Instagram stories, creating a highlight of like all the stuff I'm watching and people from around the world that follow me just would rant. They would have no problem DMing me their opinions. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's start a conversation. And I'm one of those people that loves to grow from other, other people's opinions and conversations. So like I totally welcomed it. And that is what I think inspired me to even start on TikTok. Yeah. It's like the fact that people are A, watching the same stuff I'm watching and feel like they value my opinion and are even starting to watch the stuff because of my opinion. I was like, that makes me feel very seen, very heard. And why not? You know, like, seems like the right time. So <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, anyone listening to this episode, if you don't start following our on TikTok, you're, you're missing out. And you're witnessing one of the most important cultural critics in the world right now. And I'm feel confident <laughs> saying that because I've been seeing and tracking the growth of your platform and I know it's only going to grow more and more and nothing has done more growth to your platform than Bridgerton season two. <laughs> so for those that haven't watched Bridgerton season two, I'm not going to spoil it, but there are two love interests who are Indian in the actual second season. So tell me why, if you loved it, I think you loved it from what I watched, but tell me what you loved about the um, Bridgerton depictions. And if there was anything you didn't like, what did you see as room for growth? I could talk about Bridgerton for about three hours. So um, uh, (laughs) I was very excited. Even when they announced the cast for Bridgerton, I'm a huge Simone Ashley fan. I watched her on Sex Education. As a brown person, when you see brown people on screen, at least for me, I start to like follow their career. I love seeing their growth, both as side characters to main characters and as having no cultural representation and just being visual representation to then inputting their own cultural spin on their character. For me, I love that you mentioned that they were Indian specifically because a lot of articles have been saying South Asian. And while that is technically a great umbrella term, what's happening a lot right now in Hollywood is that there's a lot of brown people showing up and it's great. But it's also important, and I know that you can relate to this, to differentiate exactly where they're from. Because if you start grouping them as one big monolith of South Asia, that's incorrect. You know, there's there's so many small differences even within just Indian culture that it's worth noting, right? And they are specifically South Indian. They're Tamil women coming from their parents are immigrants from India. And they live in the UK. For me, it was like a huge thing seeing someone that A is Tamil because I'm half Tamil, but also that is darker skinned. I know that many African-American people can obviously relate to this feeling of seeing a main character being sought after in a show (laughs) where skin color is obviously not talked about in the show at all. And I think that's a great thing in some sense, but also it's great as an outsider watching the show to note that that's not the reality of the world. I fortunately never had to be on dating apps, but I know that as a darker skinned Indian woman, I probably would have faced a lot harder of a time And I'm 100% confident in saying that because even dating in real life, (laughs) when dating apps did not exist, I would be in groups of women that were with Indian women that were fair skinned and I was never looked at twice, right? right? right, right, And it's not that I need the validation of men to know that that's a thing, but it's something to note. Mm -hmm. It's that society has ingrained this European Eurocentric beauty standard in us that makes us believe that as darker skinned women, we don't deserve the same things. And I love that this show really just completely threw that in the garbage and was like, let's look at this differently. Yeah. And also they're just charming women. They do such a great job in the show. 
I think my biggest critique of Bridgerton, and I have TikToks about this, is the fact that they really messed it up in terms of the Indian representation. They really could have just nailed them down into being South Indian women, but they decided to do like a whole, you know, they speak Hindi and they wear these things and then they call each other different names that aren't really regionally what you call that person, right? Right, So. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of that part, (laughs) but I also believe that representation does not get better until we're able to analyze critique and offer better input. But we have to be happy with these baby steps that are happening and still Mm -hmm. be able to look at it from a lens of like, okay, how can we improve? Um, I love that. And I agree with that, especially as a Nigerian. There's always this umbrella term African. This is an African accent. I'm like, you have no idea what the different accents look like within Nigeria, or this is West African and Nigeria is in West Africa, but a lot of French speaking countries. I come from an English speaking country. And then we don't reflect on colonization and the nuances amongst ourselves. And so you saying people not bringing up the actual language nuances and the culture nuances is so important. I think, I think it's an entree for the next question I have, which is just how diverse is India? Because I think a lot of Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. People <laughs> don't understand that. But yeah. I want you to give you a chance to share from your lived experience the yeah, range of diversity that exists there. <laughs> well, loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what's interesting is during the quarantine, I actually got really big into Animal Crossing. This is a really random tangent that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, because I saw a lot of people doing culturally based islands, I decided to make one off of India. And what happened was it felt like I was in, like a third grader doing book report research on a country that like I thought I knew a lot about, but clearly had absolutely no idea. The fact that there are five main religions in India, Buddhism, Hinduism, Sikhism, Christianity, and Islam... The fact that you never know what you're going to get. You could have a Christian person that is darker skinned that either could be Sri Lankan or they could be Indian because Christianity, unfortunately, because of colonization, took over a very large part of South Asia. Within India itself, there are regional differences in languages, in wardrobe, in food, in even in sometimes in facial features, you know, because in the North, for example, because of Nepal, You have people that have more Chinese or Nepalese features that are still brown-skinned Indians. That's something that people don't even realize. People don't even recognize Nepal as a South Asian country sometimes, and it's just unfortunate. That's true. true. Um, So I don't even know where to begin on telling you the differences within India. But but that's enough of an entree, because you're right. What I always think about, this is just from the little that I know, right? You think about the neighboring countries and just the range, you know, when you think about how populous the country is in and of itself, you know, what it's, you know, Calcutta, New Delhi, all these parts, even those two cities I mentioned, differences in culture and nuances. 
And then you think about the food, you brought up Tamil, you brought up the idea that it's not just Bollywood. You said Tollywood? Is that the other one? Yeah, there's Kollywood with a K and then Tollywood with a T. Yep. <laughs> what, what, what is, yeah, okay, what are those three? What is Bollywood, Tollywood, and Kollywood? So Bollywood is the main recognizable one because it's associated with the dance then yeah. migrated over here. Kollywood is Tamil cinema. So specifically in places like Chennai, there are parts of the country that also speak Tamil, but specifically in Chennai, they do. And then Tollywood is Telugu film. So it's a different language. It's a different state. They're all just vastly different. There's some movies in Bollywood that are derived from Hollywood. There's obviously lots of movies in Bollywood that are derived from Hollywood. So once again, there's so much art that exists even culturally that is different from the north to the south of India. It's wild to see <laughs> musical differences, dance differences. Like, it's just insane to think about. When you say this, it becomes even clearer why it's lazy to group people into one, where yeah. we don't do that for multiple people. If you look at Hollywood, for example, there's a Western, this is this, this is that. And you can always tell within the subtle nuances within the range. And my biggest disappointment, because I, I watch a lot of film and pop culture, is when countries or movies where the directors decide to go to tackle a particular country, they don't look at the depth of the culture. They will maybe go one step above the stereotype <laughs> and, and then that's it. But you wouldn't dive into that. And the typical response has always been, well, it doesn't sell as much, which I think is bogus, but that would be the, the response. We just want to make it wide enough, <laughs> is what they're not saying, wide enough so it's palatable for the audience, as yeah. opposed to just like, hey, let me just challenge this a little bit and actually educate people. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast that Lily Singh was on recently to promote her book, and she was talking about minority storytelling yeah. and how it is very much so baby steps because you never know what's going on behind the scenes and what producers are saying needs to be looked at through the white lens and what's consumable at the end of the day, like how much of our culture is being drained in order for people to digest it. And I get that. And that's why I do think that any representation right now is great because it'll only lead to better representation over time. Yeah, 100%. One person I feel like is doing a great job is, I think you and I share a love for him as a comedian. He's one of my favorite comedians, Austin Minaj. I've been to a couple of his shows. Uh, I was just a King Jester, the King's Jester. But I did the one before and I was doing research and I saw that you were prepared to go to his show. So what do you think about his style of storytelling and how he incorporates a lot of Indian culture? Because he's Indian Muslim. You know, I just always, every time I'm in his show, I, I know he's saying some things that the Indians and the audience will understand. <laughs> And they were like, well, your aunt is your uncle. And I love that. Even if I, I don't even know what he's saying, I just love that there is so much raucous adoration for that. And so yeah. what do you think of him in general and his role in shaping culture and inviting people into that Indian aspect of life? Yeah, I think inviting is the right word. I don't think he runs away from it. And for a very long time, people of my generation have been running from their culture. Mm. And I can say that for myself as well, because, oh, sorry, because we have been trying to decide what parts of our culture we keep with us and what parts we're assimilating into American culture up until now when it's being celebrated. And when people like Hassan are talking in Hindi, using that as part of their comedic rhetoric and even parts of our own culture that he uses within his comedy specials, it makes you feel proud to be Brown. There are very few people up until this recent point in history that have made us feel that way because when they appear on screen, they're taxi drivers or convenience store owners or they're the butt of the joke they're being made fun of they're being told that they're smelly and sweaty and all these things and like that's not who I think I am 
but you're telling me that that's what people now perceive me as. Without even getting to know me, that's what they perceive me as. But with Hassan, not only is he a incredible intellect, he is just ridiculously funny and emotionally balanced at the same time. I think that even in his most recent show, it was like wild to me how much of a grip he had on me because he was able to just make me follow his every word. <laughs> you know, like that's the beauty of Austin. You're no. so invested. <laughs> even if, you know, I saw Homecoming King is one of my favorite specials ever, period. That's on Netflix. I remember showing it to some of my students. We watched it and they were so surprised by how they were laughing one minute, then, oh, oh, crying one minute, then, oh, laughing again. And his command of stage and emotions, I think, is his things. But then he also does things with the visuals where he would be telling stories behind that, behind him, and then emphasizing that with whatever pause he decides or just how he speeds up. And I was like, man, this is <laughs> this is a great way to tell a story. Yeah. And it's so inventive. I refer to it as like PowerPoint graphics in a comedy. <laughs> it's a joke, but at the end of the day, it's like, no one is doing that. No, and no one even that. has the, the scope to do something like that. And the fact that he can do it and still keep you so entertained to me is just one of the reasons why he's such a pioneer and what he's yeah. doing, but also <laughs> such a great role model for South Asians wanting to enter the entertainment yeah. to really show you that like, this is a level that you need to be bringing if like you want to be taken like seriously and I will, I will support him no matter what. Same, same. Yeah. One of my favorite things that he has done is correcting people on saying his name, Hassan, right? Instead of, I think people say Hassan. He said in one, I think I was watching it in one of the interviews and he said it was just important for him. You know, a lot of immigrants will assimilate to the general consensus or make sure they don't get asked questions. And a lot of immigrants deal with that naming thing where they almost feel shame for the name. I know I, I went through that for a long time before I took my name back. And I think seeing people that look like you feel proud about their heritage gives you that permission to do the same. 100%. So your future, what, what do you think about yourself now that you've found this lane here with pop culture? What are you seeing for yourself when you're thinking about how you want to build an audience? Man, I am really just taking it day by day. This is not something I ever saw myself doing. <laughs> you know, I'm even on a podcast talking about this instead of photography is still like one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced, you know, life. and I'm totally okay with that. I have always been an outlier. And I think right now I'm still trying to get comfortable with the idea of saying like, I am a TikToker that I do content creation, that I just talk about film and movies because I genuinely love having those conversations with people and I also love talking about representation. So I think that what the future holds is just me continuing on this path and seeing exactly what doors open and just taking it day by day. I would love to manifest something in the future, you know, but I'm not one of those people, unfortunately. But I genuinely just love the direction it's going in. I'm not doing it for the clout. I'm not doing it for the fame. I genuinely love these conversations I have with people even if it's like a comment in my comment section, <laughs> going back and forth about the potential casting of brown actors in a, in a rom-com, you know? I think you're a great example of what it's like when you follow your passion and you embrace who you are. You know, things find you and you find things. You said you weren't doing it for the clout. You just, I'm sure, randomly decided to share your thoughts on something. And a lot of people found solace in that and they came back for more. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, let me share a little bit more about this. And it's put you in a position where you even have more battery in your back there. The reason why I like the audience to hear this is a lot of times I will get questions about what should I do? Like, how do I start? And by being yourself is the best place to start, you know, just yeah. being yourself. And then what happens, happens after that. Yeah. I don't know how to not be myself. I think that's... <laughs> 
there's people that look so polished and I'm like, I can't be you, you know, like that's not happening. Nah, um. <laughs> nah. Shiv is more than enough. Shiv is more than enough. But okay. So with photography though, so where do you get booked? What type, if someone is listening, what type you do wedding photographers? You said yeah. Indian specifically? Or? I specialize in South Asian. South so Asian. that's a ton of different countries, but it's just something that's challenging and also inspiring to me. So that's why I chose to specialize in that. And then I also specialize in family photography no matter who you are. I've always found that there's like this stigma behind family portraits, especially being South Asian, that they're supposed to be like stoic and boring. <laughs> so a lot of my work actually does include representation of like just trying to make people think outside the box that we're so forced to be in about what we look like and how we're represented in the world. So <laughs> well, where can people find out more about ways to work with you then? I am on Instagram for my photography and that is chivalry s-h-i-v-a-l-r-y underscore inc and my tiktok for all film and tv and representation talk is s-h-i-v period a-l-r-y we'll make sure i put that in the show notes and i love that the chivalry <laughs> play on <Yeah>. words there. <laughs> uh, well well my final question is my mission statement reframed as a question and my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference so shiv how do you use your difference to make a difference I want people to feel seen in spaces that they are not seen. And that's my end goal and only goal. Boom. There you have it. (laughs) There you have it. This has been a real pleasure. I'm really excited to see this journey for you. And I'm sure many in the audience will be checking you out. But thank you for taking the time. This has been fun. Of course. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it. Pleasure's mine. Kings, queens, and royalty. Until next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.